and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. With winter's arrival and dark evenings in good supply, this is the perfect time to gain your favourite gardening podcast fix. To help you through the spring, Saul and myself will keep you entertained and informed with podcasts on wide-ranging topics such as winter pruning, propagation and planting. Plus, we'll provide regular updates on important industry developments, along with lively discussions on all manner of horticultural topics. We'll aim to bring you two short 20-minute episodes a week, along with a longer bonus interview with a key green-fingered peer every month. As ever, if you have suggestions for episodes that you'd like to hear, please just tap us up on our respective Twitter accounts at Gardening Saul and at Head Gardener LC. We'd be delighted if you'd join us on this journey as we step inside the busy and exciting world of the modern Head Gardener. Hello Lucy, Happy New Year! We're into 2021. We are, we are. Happy New Year to you too, Saul. It's lovely to see your smiling face. (laughs) It is sort of smiling. I know that we were just saying that 2021 probably hasn't started on the best note. No. Well, not just for us, for the country, but... um, I know, I know. Yeah, silver linings, hopefully. Yep. One thing that I always try to do at this time of year, and I'm really latching onto it this year because I feel like I want to so throw myself into the garden again, just because of what's going on, is making those seed orders. Love it. Yep. Just love it. So I've been, yep. been doing that, pouring over catalogues, ordering stuff, fantasizing about what I'm going to grow, just hope, you know, sort of in my mind thinking what the growing year is going to roll out like. And it's all lovely, that kind of thing, isn't it? So if anyone else is out there doing that as well, just throw yourself into it. And you know what? Put your hand in your pocket a little bit more this year just just to get maybe another 10 varieties out there that you really thought, I'm going to try them this year, try them. It's a nice conversation topic uh, with friends, isn't it? We, we were on the phone earlier today. Yeah, we were. When I was at my lunch break and we were chatting about some varieties. I was picking your brain a little bit on uh, things like potatoes. I know, good luck, other... good luck with that on a Friday. and tomatoes of course can't can't get away without talking uh, about tomatoes or Egretti as we know from last year I might have to change my hashtag crazy Egretti lady (laughs) crazy Egretti (laughs) What do you think? That sounds that sounds a little bit mafia linked. To your, <laughs> <doesn't it? laughs> I'll stick to tomatoes. I'll stick to tomatoes. Stick to tomatoes. But it's it's a nice um, it's a nice way of connecting with people. You know, when at the moment we can't really be in each other's company, as it were. Yeah, exactly. And and we did talk a bit, didn't we, about having a little bit of a seed swap going on with our varieties because you and I between us have have probably got a, quite a nice seed collection, and I think we might do a little bit of swapping just again to you know try something new try something different yeah definitely yeah i i'm i, I would love to uh try some of your specialist tomatoes oh well i'll do your deal all right we'll do a, <laughs> i'll sort you out so <laughs> and, and i think the other thing we can't help but notice this week has been how cold it uh, cold it is i'm Whoa. down in devon as everyone knows and uh mm. usually we're Basking in the sun, uh, pina coladas in the shorts. <laughs> I like to think that you shirts. are, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not all really, it's more umbrellas and uh, galoshes, but um, it's been so cold. We've been, must be on our fourth, fifth day of minus temperatures in the uh, overnight, especially. Yeah, yeah, no, we're the same in Essex. It's not got incredibly cold, but what has been noticeable has been in the day. The temperatures have just not risen at all. There's been a heavy yeah. fog. Um, today the fog did not lift one little bit and it obviously just 
keeps the cold air exactly where it is. I was I did a lovely afternoon walk. Um, I was trying to shift a few calories and I went for a walk with my little one this afternoon around the country lanes just to kind of do my exercise bit. And um, yeah, I drove back in the car um, and it was 1.5 degrees and this was at about three in the afternoon, you know, so, yeah. so bitter, bitterly cold. Yeah, similar here, frost actually staying on the on the ground for a lot longer. And obviously mm. in this these conditions, it's quite hard for us to do our usual work of working on the soil. We can't walk on the grass as much. Yeah, There are jobs we've been getting on with all week, um, especially like you're saying, looking at seed lists. And uh, I, I've been sharpening my tools. Have you? So for Chris for Christmas, and uh, we're going to be featuring a brand that is becoming synonymous <laughs> with at least my part of this podcast. Um, my um, my partner's m- mother bought me a Nowaki uh, sharpening set. Hashtag uh, crazy Nowaki man. Crazy Come Nowaki. On. <laughs> Got to be done. <laughs> I really hope Jake isn't listening to this. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, we bought these uh, the sharpening set, diamond file, uh, a set of uh, different grit uh, whetstones, uh, camellia oil, but this um, rust and sap eraser called Crean Mate, mm. and it's it's sort of it feels like rubber, but it, it must have something in it that you can. Uh, like you sort of like an exfoliant like an exfoliant yeah, type that, thing uh, that's that you know that's a really great way of describing right, it you, right. you literally either wet it or just put a bit of the oil on and then it just rubs away the rust and all the gunk wow, off your secateurs good. or knives like it wasn't there i've never tried anything like it mm. so i've spent uh, a, a morning i think yesterday just sharpening everything my hori hori more my secateurs my axe my axe needed a lot of work that that is something i haven't done for many years but um, that's another great job to mm. be getting on with while it's uh, while you can't get onto your borders or in, on the ground. Well, you see, my husband needs to be listening to this because he was doing. So we would, we've it, we've had a lot of fires lately in our house. We've got a wood burning stove, and it's been so lovely to snuggle down with the with the burner going. But it means the log pile has, has had a massive dent into it. So today, Ian was trying to remedy that with a bit of uh, chopping and sawing. His saw, um, chainsaw blade was as blunt as, and he was cursing all afternoon. <laughs> and he did say, I must sharpen this. And I know when he does sharpen it, it the he's like a changed man. He absolutely loves it. He he can't wait to go out there and, and saw some timber down because it's just so, so different. So, yeah, I can, I can absolutely vouch a sharp tool is a pleasure to use, a blunt one. Absolutely opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, sharpen, sharpen your tools, especially if you're going out pruning. Anyway, we wanted to start this year with something uh, I'd noticed towards the end of last year. Mm. Just a few people sort of mentioned it in passing and I, and I saw it on the internet. And that the UN uh, are having their international year of fruit and vegetables. And I thought that is going to be right up <laughs> Lucy's street. Not just a day, not a week, a whole, a whole year. year. I know when you told me, because like I say you do keep your ear very much to the crown. I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is going to be good. So yeah, we we as you say, we thought we'd just basically wax lyrical, lyrical about what a fantastic idea that is and how much we support it and endorse it and think, wow, yep, you know, a, a, a year and a year's worth um, is a lovely for me, being a complete junkie on fruit and veg is a, is a lovely length of time to just have an excuse to chuck yourself into them. It, it makes sense, doesn't it? Especially in the northern hemisphere where, where we are, that mm. just a day doesn't really do it. Because we grow most of our fruit and veg over a year span. And as we've already mentioned, we're already making our seed list. We've got our seed orders in. So things will be arriving within the next few weeks. We'll even be sowing 
uh, more of our tropical end stuff like the tomatoes, our peppers, our aubergines, etc. Mm. So it just makes sense to have a whole year to uh, invest in in a really good initiative. And and, and I think it's part of. I, I know that the UN had their uh, International Year of Trees last year. Yeah. And I and I think they're dedicating a decade of years to environmental and and sort of sustainability um issues yes um so it's not just a year where we're all going to get to know uh what apples and bananas are i think there's a lot of things that they have sort of put together for this year which involves uh sustainability um i I know health is a big part of it as well yeah food food security i think is also going to be a big topic that's going to be explored and and I think waste, um, yeah, food and waste. the way the and the way our food supply and our food security, yes, works as well, which I think is something that's quite um, a topic that's going to be quite relevant because um, some of the stories, obviously, coming from now the pandemic continuing and also uh, the uh, us leaving the EU exactly has yeah. shown that some of our um, sort of logistics for getting food into this country or even out of this country uh, are more fragile than I think many people took them for. They, yes, like you say, it's, it's incredibly timely. that they've, They obviously must have planned this a while ago, I guess, but it mm, seems so yeah. timely that it's come out now, as you say, with the pandemic and leaving the EU. And we are concerned about our... The, the, I say the food chain, essentially, you know, where the food is produced, how we how we get it over the over the borders into... Uh, consumers' homes. It's 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 very timely and very um very very good initiative, as you say. Yeah, I think from our point of view. So if we take it back to you and me being head gardeners, mm. obviously fruit fruit and vegetables, and uh, and I'm probably this more implies to you being a quite a heavy part of your both job and your interest. Um, we we're quite keen on them, and and, and they form quite a a huge part of our horticultural identity because we do spend a lot of time growing both for our owners and you for yourself. So I think it's quite exciting that that a year is being dedicated to sort of looking into their meaning to everyone in some ways because I think we sort of... We sort of lost our connection to that kind of our our food, how how we provide ourselves with food, and and I think fruit and veg, as we've come to find, especially back in last year uh, with the sort of uptake in the grow your own fruit and veg, is a really nice way for people to access back into that sort of more sustainable, sort of more environmentally conscious sort of lifestyle yeah well one thing that I'm quite passionate about and I think it's because of my upbringing on with my my parents being smallholders and working in that commercial sector for for decades you know all all my knowledge Mm. is 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 from them um being market gardeners seasonality now for me is something that as a home grower I and as you say growing it for the for the estate owners to me, it's so important. And that is then tapped into with things such as food security, because if you're producing your food much more locally and, and sustainably as well, you know, you're not utilizing so many resources or food miles to, to, to get the, the food where it needs to be. Um, that's a, a really good thing. And anything that can be done to raise awareness of, of that, uh, and maybe just stop people thinking, well, 
you know, I'm going to just keep on with the citrus and the avocados and the bananas. I know they're, I'm not saying don't eat them. I'm not, I'm not that, that idealistic about it all, but I think, to me, the the whole idea of just going into the garden, like tonight, we had roast pork and we had leeks and cheese sauce and roast buds and carrots. All the veg came from the garden and it was growing this afternoon and we dug it up and, and, and had it for tea. And, and that, you know, in-season food is um, one of the joys of, of growing your own and our employers appreciate that massively you know they're always asking for at the moment the savoy cabbages are, are really being um heavily dented uh by the the, the whole kitchens and brussels sprouts um leeks again celeriac that we've got in store that seasonal food to me is is um i really enjoy that i i really i don't know what it is what is it what is it when you so you don't mind denying yourself the raspberries and the strawberries you you love the fleeting seasons that they have and i think that yeah, it, it makes them special makes them yeah. you know having them all the time it takes away this that sort of special feeling that you have when you have that asparagus or the sweet corn or whatever it might be so that's something i i really would love to you know um let people really really celebrate a lot more yeah i think i think our connection to the the, the initiative the un are putting is to heavily promote growing your own because mm. I think by sowing and then growing on and then harvesting and then the eating mm. you take ownership over so many things you take ownership over how it's grown where it's grown uh the food miles as we were talking you know how far the food's coming mm. but also taking an initiative over your own health yeah uh, and your own uh, eating habits but you know, but also having more of a connection, and like you said, which I think is really important, is over the seasonality of just the environment. It, you know, you look at the seasonality of fruit and veg, but it relates back to being more in touch with what is going on outside. Mm. Uh, you know, again, we mentioned this last year: is that people feel that we don't do much in winter, but as you've just said, there are veg outside growing. I have leeks. The garlic is starting to to show at uh, Stonelands. Broad beans are the uh, oh, really early broad beans are ready uh, to to um, to go out. Uh, sweet peas are growing, so there is stuff happening. And I think we've lost our way a bit as society because by saying, "Oh, there's not much for gardeners to do in winter," they haven't really cottoned on to actually. It's a whole 365 days mm. of growing stuff and all preparing to grow stuff. Uh, and that sort of gives you, that sort of hooks you back into what the environment and what our habitat that we live in is all about. And it's not all about easy going down the supermarket. Everything's going to be there. Mm. It's about, you know, thinking about what you're going to have at certain times of the year. Initially, when they were uh, had their business and their small holding, supermarkets weren't a major factor in in our yeah. our way of life and now obviously that's completely changed and that is essentially what killed my parents business it was very very difficult for them to to make money when the supermarkets were relying on mass mass production which i say i'm not saying it's right or wrong i'm just saying that's that's what i've observed with my parents if you're quite interested in this initiative the un 
go to the Food and Agricultural Organization's website, uh, mm. the FAO.org. You can find all the information. There's a great 81-page document that I'm sort of getting through. And one of the interesting things was is how much fruit and veg and the production of fruit and veg relates actually also to culture and people's ways of life. So it actually... It's not just about the eating and the growing. It's also about the way um, society or some societies or maybe even societies in history are more shaped around the growing season. I, mm. I think the classic example for us in, in the UK or in the West is, you know, the har- harvest period. You know, yep. I remember at school that was a, quite a big celebration for us. Something that, that for me would be an absolutely fantastic outcome for, the, for this year would be for you know how Jersey Royals, the cons- consumers know what Jersey Royals are, you know, that as a potato mm. is, is something that's, that's been, that we all know, we all think they're fantastic things. Why can't it be that that is the mindset for every single food crop that the UK produces and the, and ideally the world produces, um, so that we're all, uh, tapping into what our local growers, smallholders yep. are, are, producing right on our doorstep and we just love it and immerse ourselves in it i i think that would be such a wonderful thing to to be an outcome of this um, i know that's that is me and my probably with my rose tinted spectacles on at the moment but you know why why can't it be for other crops just doesn't have to be just jersey royals does it well no it, you know i think our urbanization is we've lost sort of touch with what uh you know even our local areas are famed for because you've obviously mm. got the 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 uh the rhubarb triangle yeah it is the rhubarb triangle where all the rhubarbs grow you've got the Eat. big asparagus growers up in lincolnshire yeah um you've yeah. got you know you've got all of the the, the different apple varieties um I'm sure we're going to be talking more on apples as the, as the year goes by. We might but, touch um, on them, yeah. <laughs> we might touch on them. But there's so many different types of apples. But they're, they're all intrinsically linked into our sort of society and culture. And I think we may have lost a little bit of that through the fact that we are so homogenized yeah. in, our, in our eating habits. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's... Like I say, this is a really interesting year it's going to be in sort of engaging more into actually what fruit and veg mean past, you know, their just their physical being, what they actually mean to us as a society and, and, and where we're sort of losing our way a little bit maybe with it. Yeah. Another thing that I, when I was reading through that, what the, um, the, the objectives are for, for this year was about um, making sure that the food production cycles are more essentially slicker, relying on technology, relying on our knowledge and, and actually different countries sharing their knowledge with others. That's whole, the whole concept of the, the UN, isn't it? You know, people keeping yeah. um, the communication lines open between our borders, not closing them. And I, I think that there's, the food production methods, um, especially these days, I mean, this is again flipping it on its head now. People who do produce crops en masse for uh, big multinational, big supermarkets, they do rely heavily on technology and they are fine tuning their production methods to, you know, they're, they're millimeter perfect so they can get the absolute mm. best yields from, for example, with strawberry production, I know that they're really looking into reducing pesticides, reducing water, reducing nutrients that are given, reducing even like the, the grow medium, even though it's not peat based, it's going to be peat free these days, but they're really trying to shave back the resources used 
but still getting a good yield. I mean, that to me is very exciting to think that that as an industry is what the, not just the strawberry growers, but I'm sure so many others are, are doing. And if that is then, that information is then spread, uh, as I say, from country to country, um, for, for big growers and, and small, um, you know, there's lots that can be applicable to, to smaller growers too, or lots of organic methods that maybe we can even use in our own back gardens. That would be, that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've, I've got to be careful or we've got to be careful that by going on about, we are trying to hark back to some sort of old, way where we were tied to the land we've actually got to remember that actually technology is a friend mm-hmm. in some of these things and, and actually comes to our aid to uh, improve the way we grow things we harvest and and techniques change as well you know I, you and me have learned loads in our 20 years that, that have changed the, the one thing i can think in the last few years is, is the grafted tomatoes we'll, we'll go yep. to a subject you love you know that they came out well, i say what four or five years ago and in some ways, they are an amazing uh, bit of technology to improve the yields on our tomatoes. Yeah, and these, this one example, as you say, grafted tomatoes are one example of where commercial production methods has been applicable to back gardeners. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something that, as you say, has been proven f- for commercial use. And then actually some bright sparks thought, do you know what? I think the amateur gardener might like to crack, crack on with this as well and get bigger yields from one one plant rather than having to grow three or four to get the same yield. So, so and there's, lo- there's loads of methods like that that actually, um, in, they benefit us all, don't they, as, as a growing yeah. technique. Um, so, yeah, very exciting times. Yeah, me and Lucy are attending a... Uh, seminar run by Plant Network. If you haven't heard of Plant Network and you're a professional gardener listening to this, please check it out. It's uh, it's uh, basically what it says. It's a network about people who love plants and mm. professionals, and they put on all kinds of webinars and and different uh, events to connect professionals together. But next year they're having one specifically on this International Year of Fruit and Veg, and I know Lucy's particularly excited. A friend of a podcast, Matt Oliver, is going to be talking at it, and a few other pretty um, notable veg and fruit people from around the UK so we're looking forward to that and I'm pretty sure (laughs) even if it wasn't the international year that we are going to be talking about fruit and veg again on this podcast quite a bit do you reckon do you really reckon yeah (laughs) no you're right it's a given it's a given guys so (laughs) it's a given that concludes today's episode We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next instalment. Any review you'd like to leave via your podcast provider would be gratefully received. Winter is a natural time in the gardening calendar for reflection, adjustment and musing over new plans for warmer seasons ahead. So Lucy and I hope to inspire and educate with our thoughts. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the very best personalities our industry has to offer. We aim to dispel the myth that gardens, and therefore gardeners, slumber in winter. We promise that in this profession, nothing could be further from the truth. As two enthusiastic and passionate head gardeners, winter is a busy season in our calendar. So let us help you keep one step ahead in this most marvellous and rewarding of careers. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! Goodbye!